So, uh, me and Travis Kelsey have apparently a few things in common. Uh, we like to put our woman in tight, sweet boxes with our family. Because we prefer claustrophobia, because claustrophobia actually brings the truth out of you. You know, I, you know I'm going to be honest. I don't know if they're a real couple or not. All I know is this whole Taylor Swift thing and Travis Kelsey, it seems more like a rollout. It seems more like a, a celebrity business decision. I'm not saying they don't like each other. Um, and I'm not saying that she doesn't have the right to, you know, get with the stash, bro. But um, I do think... Well, there's two sides of the coin, right? You could look at it as like, you know, she wants to just feel like she's a fan of something instead of actually feeling like everyone's a fan of her. Like, she sells out Arrowhead Stadium like Travis Kelsey said on the Pat McAfee show on Friday or Thursday where he's basically like, where there was rumors and they asked him and played along with it. And he's like, you know, I just sent an invite, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? You sell out stadiums and maybe it's time for you to... See why I sell out stadiums. He didn't say it like that, but you know, essentially something along those lines. And uh and my quarterback makes about as much as you in a year. She might even make more now. I don't know. But um you know, the the thing that makes the couple aspect of them interesting is that it seems like a uh, it seems more like a, maybe she just wants to feel normal and she just kind of wants to have some normalcy in life. And there's something to that. And maybe because she's on a world selling tour right now, a public relationship, like a celebrity relationship, which actually is very, it doesn't happen as much these days, these big celebrity power couples, right? Like, we have the Jay-Z, Beyonce's. We have, you know... It's kind of where it ends, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Most of the other ones end really badly. Which I was listening to Little Kim earlier, by the way. With the 50 Cent song called Magic Stick. It's an old song. I've heard the title. Never listened to the song. And uh, I guess Taylor is... Really getting the magic stick in her tight end. Shout out, Travi. But yeah, welcome to episode 221 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Oh, baby. Recording this on September 26th. No, tw- September 25th at 11.31 on a Sunday evening for the Archives 2023. But yeah, kind of going back, you know, the point actually I want to make about the Travis Kelsey thing is really, you know, I just wanted to watch some football today. And it's kind of, like, weird how, like, normal it is, like, now, like, 
on public broadcasts. Like I'm sitting there, like I'm sitting there watching the Chiefs and the Bears and Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart. Like from the beginning of the podcast, like, well, we kind of got a big fan in the house. You know, I think we can all confirm the rumors. It's like, are these like actual NFL commentators that are talking about this? Like, I understand showing a little press and then making a little slight comment like Jim Nance would be like, or Al Michaels would be like, oh, well, I guess she just came by, you know, the, you know, see Jarek McKinnon, you know, or something. Make a slight comment, knowing that it has nothing to do with actually why they're there. But they're sitting there, like, making references throughout the whole game. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure uh, Travis wants to impress a few fans tonight, you know. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, at the halftime report, James Brown or whoever is the host of the... Or Kurt Menefee made a reference, like, as they were going out at halftime, they showed the Bears and Chiefs, he's like... Well, uh, I, I think the Bears can say they're never, ever getting back in this game. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Kurt. But yeah, so I guess that's the thing. It's kind of weird when you're just watching event. You know, it's like, okay, it is entertainment. And at the same time, it's like, all right, I understand the game's going bad right now. I know it's like 38 to nothing, but Jesus can... Can I just watch Justin Fields do another incomplete pass? Um, <laughs> God, if you're not throwing yards and throwing the DJ more, at least you could get my rushing yards on the over. But you know what? Who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> uh, no resistant. Like, the bar is so low for some of these numbers for quarterbacks, and it seems like it can't even hit that. But, yeah. Oh, Jesus. But, yeah, any, any who bear. Um... You know, I got I got to make a quick mention to the podcast. Not to talk about myself, but I am a narcissist. Like the Lewis Howes podcast I watch. Well, I guess I'll, you know, I'll get into that in a second. But, you know, my podcast is growing. And it's kind of nice to see some progress, some more views, some more, a few more subscribers every episode. Like, you know. It's kind of nice rewarding, you know, the hard work is paying off. If you want to call what this is hard work, which it is, because it is hard to put in the work to press record and give you guys something meaningful and useful to talk about. But I appreciate the support. My goal is by the end of this calendar year, which it is September now, so I want to get 100 subscribers by the end of this year. I do. When I started it, my YouTube channel, I believe, had like 38. Now I'm up to 56. It took me a long time to figure out these stuff from stubbornness and all this shit. But you know what? I'm starting to find my style. I'm starting to actually get back into the love of the game, as they say, you know? It's all about the love of the game before I become rich and very successful in it and then it takes the fun and joy of the come up and the struggle because without struggle you are just a person who doesn't need to talk about a being on a podcast that people can't relate to so yeah i appreciate being relatable i appreciate the support for any new people that are tuning in i appreciate all of it but yeah so um I actually wrote it down in my notes a few weeks ago. I was listening. There's this uh, podcast called School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. He's like one of the, pi- not pioneers, but he's one of the early people. Like he's one of those that's been doing podcasts for like 
eight, nine, ten years, like from the origins of when people actually like really started taking notice of things. And this man puts out just I don't even know if he has a posting schedule. He just puts out episodes every week, couple episodes. And like it just seems like a very simple lot of advertisements, which you know that's how you get the money. But it doesn't seem like any crazy editing. I wouldn't be surprised if he does it all himself. But there was this podcast where there was this episode I was listening to. I forgot the lady's name. Um, but she was talking about the characteristics of narcissists. And as I'm listening, um, I'm like, oh, that sounds like me. Huh. That kind of sounds like me. It's like, oh, that is me. And, you know, I don't remember every little detail, so I probably shouldn't have brought it up talking about a podcast. I don't remember the details. It was a few weeks ago, all right. But I probably have to re-listen to it. But what I take away from it is being a narcissist has its unintended consequences regardless of perception of it being a negative trait i think to do certain things you kind of have to be narcissist like if you're doing something like what i do where you put stuff out into the world and really think that you have the audacity for people to give a shit about what you say and take what you say of value when you don't have much of a track record to date that would say, hey, I traditionally you wouldn't listen to a person with my quote unquote accolades to date, maybe three years from now. But that's the thing, right? You have to kind of have this delusion narcissism, narcissism about yourself to truly actually Feel that you're worthy of giving something. That you're worthy of even, regardless of what the feedback is at the point, just keep still doing something. You know, well, consensually. Um, imagine if uh, there was an internet consent thing where it's like, hey, we do not consent to you putting out episodes. And you're like, I'm posting it anyways. And then like, you just violated the Spotify guidelines. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Narcissism, like, is basically, in a way, like, a self, it's like a main character's self-importance thing where it's, you truly think that the way you think, the way you operate, and how everything kind of evolves and revolves around you, in a way, and you have an unwarranted ego. I think that's what real narcissism is. If you have a warranted ego with the track record, with the accolades, with the acumen that people respect, narcissism doesn't rub off. It could be annoying. It could feel like, ah, fuck this guy. But it's kind of like narcissism, I believe when people have a problem with narcissism, is when people have a lack of respect for the person that possesses those qualities. Narcissism can be viewed in a way as confidence, right? Now, confidence is a very attractive trait to be around. Confidence is obviously attractive to the ladies. Um, and you got to have confidence to suck some titties, correct? Now, hence the tagline of this podcast. But most importantly, you got to have the confidence to even warrant 
a titty being presented for you to suck. Now, titties, it's all a representation, a symbolism of something bigger. Pregnant titties. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Kind of. Um, <laughs> imagine a guy that has such an obsession with titties and stuff that he impregnated his girlfriend consensually. And the whole reason why he wanted her to be pregnant was just during the time where titties were, you know, hurting and stuff. And he took all the milk for himself and left the baby to be malnutritioned. And realized, man, I shouldn't have drank all that milk during the pregnancy. And I should have worked more than 45 hours a week. But, because I didn't realize formula costs so fucking much. Um, <laughs> That's called setting yourself up for failure. But, um, shit, I forgot. <laughs> but yeah, the you know the thing is, is confidence and narcissism, in my view, has always been a very open to interpretation to each individual. I know there's a psychological. I know there's the medical. Someone diagnosing someone narcissism. But we all have narcissistic, we all have egotistical traits about ourselves. And I'm waiting for the armchair expert who has studied a few books and has done a year and a half of psychology. And it's in there, well, you know what? Actually, narcissism is a pretty easy thing to define. And narcissism and actually this is like, okay. And you realize that you come off as someone who with unwarranted accolades come off as a narcissist thing that you understand what real narcissism is more than someone else when really you're just as qualified to say what's a narcissist and what's not because it's more than just reading descriptions. It's about being able to identify something in real time, right? That's the kind of catchy thing. We, I, we, put, these, we put these demarker labels on people based off Either our perception or whether we like them or don't like them. They can turn us off so we call them egotistical and narcissist. Someone else does the same, has the same qualities, but is packaged in a way that it's more digestible. It's with more charisma behind it. There's more, she got that booty on her. So you put it to the side and you're like, man, she just has a walk to her. She has a, she has a strut, you know? And I think I would strut a few things on that thing. I'll change her struts before my car. I would drain out my bank account to buy her a car before I fix mine. And someone else could just be loud and obnoxious. It turns you off. But they all, but they're both the same. It's just displayed. It's just presented different. It is internalized and packaged different. So, I don't know. I think confidence, narcissist, and ego, it's really just all one big pot of a breakfast skillet. And it's just about, does one have cheese? Does, you know, is it seasoned? You know, is it more, is it easier to swallow? And, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't think I'm an egomaniac. There are things that I'm very specific, I'm very particular about. I could be very high strung in certain things, certain things I could give two fucks about. 
just if you, you if you just catch me when I don't sleep, I will come off as an egotistical prick and tell you you're a piece of shit that can't do your job. But if I slept well, you could be the worst person I've ever been around, and I might be like, you know what? Maybe they just need their laundry done. Um, <laughs> and imagine accidentally putting your cat in the washer. At least you know. <laughs> That's like riding the tornado at Whitewater. <laughs> and you might fall off Batman and get your head decapitated. Um, but yeah. Any who bear. Any jizaboo. Today's sponsor and drink for the energy of the episode is Duncan. Gotta love these 24-hour Duncans. But yeah. You know, I gotta be honest about some things. I'm really starting to feel that... It might be better to be homeless. (laughs) And here all the people who I'm like, oh, imagine the privilege you have that you think being homeless would be better than living, than having a home and all that stuff. It's like, where would you do your podcast? And I'd be like, that's the only reason why I pay all this rent for a home. I would rather be homeless and pay like $400 for a studio and just live in the studio, you know, like you know, Eminem in his prime. Because that's where, like, you know, the desperation, the best work comes out. It's when your back's against the wall. And you can always, man, I just don't have any money. I just don't have it. Man, you know, life is hard. Whereas, like, it's weird. Because, like, if you completely just neglect responsibility, live homeless and, like, living couch to couch, but you're pursuing something... You could be borrowing money for years, being that person that's just leeching off people, being that person, be like, man, you know, I'm just going through a struggle. It's like, dude, you're single, you have no kids, you have a job. It's not that hard. Some of the stuff's not that hard. You, And then you're just sitting there, you're sitting here trying to do the right thing, doing all the things right, trying to be responsible, and you get less of the benefit of the doubt. Then someone who is not really trying to bear this situation, but they just have this affirmation dream, right? It's like now, are we more designed? Is America more designed for the empathy for dreamers who don't want to take care of the other stuff to fund their dream? And they just kind of live in this like, oh, and because... I really honestly believe, I think here's the thing, and I've thought about this. Here's where the ego comes out, the narcissism. I think about whenever I get, you know, relatively, you know, noticeable and have a successful show where I start being on other shows with bigger audience and stuff like that. And they're asking me about, man, you know, how was your come up? How was your childhood? You know, all this stuff. Like, how did you get where you go? Like, what motivated you? Like, how did you, you know, what really, what was the switch in your life? I think a lot of people that enter into these, quote unquote, I hate the term, but creative fields, like music or media of some sort or anything that's like considered pie in the sky that has 
big bang for your buck, but if it don't work out, you're fucked. Um, <laughs> you either get the big bang or you're fucked. Either way, there's a lot of fucking going on, um, and that's no theory. All right, that was a little bit of a reach. Big bang theory, fucking bang, 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 bang. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, that's like the thing is like when you pursue these fields and you pursue these things that have the uh dream big feel to it, like. You think about, I honestly believe like 90 to 95 percent of people that want to do this. Think about what are they going to say when they have that big interview? Like back in the day, it'd be like when I get on Oprah, if I'm an actor and I get on Oprah and have my sit down interview of like what makes, you know, when did you know? It's like, oh, well, I joined Scientology and they just magically got rid of all my criminal record. Um, <laughs> um, But no, it's like. Now it would be like, man, like what, like if I were to get in this industry, if you get on the Joe Rogan experience, like that's when you know, like, oh shit, like, fuck, like this is my opportunity, like being on this is going to elevate my show. Like everyone that goes on there, they have a social media bump, they have a status bump and all that stuff for better or worse. Just by being on the show, the, the mass audience, it's like. It's going to be your algorithm. They're going to search you out. If they like you. They're going to start following your stuff. And like that's your opportunity to strike the iron while it's hot. Or if you're on any of these biggish podcasts. Or if you get on TV. You get on anything. Like when you have that personal interview. That's like damn. Like this is what's going to make me. Like we think. Like you think about like. What is my story I'm going to tell? Like, that's the type of ego you got to have to do this. Regardless if people listen to you at the time, you're hoping one day people give a fuck about what you have to say. You hope you hope that people give a fuck about your story. You hope that people give a fuck about your trials and tribulations and what you did. And the no-nonsense approach you had, and you hope people take that and realize, like, man, can't sit on your ass. You got to be like me. And... You know, sacrifice, you know, ages 21 to 33 just so you can have this one interview to tell your story about why you wasted 12 years of your life and realize it was not what you thought it would be, you know, that type of thing. But, um, <laughs> but that's kind of like you think about, like, man, like, what is my, like, how am I going to tell? Like, it's like you have one shot, one opportunity. Um, <laughs> mom spaghetti. Um, <laughs> And you think about that, right? Like, if you're in this, get away. If you're in this, this is what you fiend for. Like, this is your thing. And um, I kind of forgot where I was going with the direction of that. Because this fucking cat was nibbling on my cord. And I was afraid it was going to fuck up the audio. Um, and she looked and be like, what, bitch? Um... <laughs> um but yeah, um, shit, where was I at? Essentially talking about one day when you make it the ego. Yeah, look, you got to have a crazy self-centeredness about you. You can't be this humble person who just wants to like make money and save it and, you know, save and feed children in Ethiopia or, you know, 
fund a school $200,000 or, you know, give back. Like, that's not why you do this. If you get that type of success, you do it. And a lot of people do it for tax benefits. They also do it because it's, you know, it's good for their brand. So they're going to get payback in some way, whatever. And some people genuinely care, right? And so, um, it is kind of one of those things where, if if you want to do this, you kind of like I I believe a lot of people think about what they're gonna talk about. Like people are obsessed with their story. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> As I just said all that. Like now I think about. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about when you were 12 years old, how your mom abused you. I, you know, that's very irrelevant to why I listen to you. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that happened to you. Like, I don't care when you were 23, how your girlfriend, you know, left you. And then, you know, that changed your whole worldview. It broke you. And then you just went on a fucking spree and all that shit. Like, and you realize that, man, you know, I was just chasing a shadow of my insecurity it's like oh my god just shut the fuck up <laughs> as i'm saying all this i realize a lot of this applies to me but you know what they say the things that annoy you the most of other people are the things that remind you of things of yourself in most cases and or it just has some attachment to it from your past and it's like the slightest thing. It's like, oh no, I'll do it. It's like, I can fucking do it, you know? I've been told my whole life I can't do it. I can do it. I don't need no help. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you know? Keep your ego. Keep your narcissism. It's very important. Deal with what comes with it, and you'll be all right. Uh, I don't want to stay on one topic too long. I'm trying to be mindful of the audience. But yeah. Um, uh, so I have some good news. I am welcoming a new member to my family of three. It's me, my girlfriend, and our cat. And now we're having a baby. There, that's how we do baby announcements. Well, we're actually adopting the kitten. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, we're trying to protect the neutered out here. Right when I said that, the cat turned like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, (laughs) She doesn't even know. But when we bring it home, you know how cats are. I think I'm like, meow, 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 meow. Kippos and bits. Kippos and bits. I know she be nibbling the tit. Stop nippling diming me. Imagine calling a cat a dime. Like there's some sexy ass cat. You know, it's weird, you know, people are weird about calling animals attractive and, oh, they're so cute. But if you were to say, man, you know, that cat is sexy as fuck. It's like, oh, you're disgusting. These are the same people that would call their girlfriend like, come here, you, you little girlfriend of who framed Roger Rabbit. And they're like, ooh, it's like, you just basically mentioned that you like cartoon rabbits as a fetish. It's the same people that like anime. And they're the ones that would shame someone for calling a cat sexy. I don't call a cat sexy. But a lot of people call their, you know, significant other nicknames that involve cats. You know, like, 
man, girl, come and give me that tail. Or you'd be like, damn, girl, the way you be, you know, licking yourself makes me uh want to put out some, makes me want to shake some treats for you, because I know it's a temptation. <laughs> All right, this podcast just got really niche. Um, <laughs> I'm not even a cat guy. I'm not anti-cat. I'm not anti-dog. I want a golden retriever, though. Even out the field. I just want I just want to be around something that's nice. That's all. I just want to come home to a peaceful home. And it's nice. Which actually reminds me. So yesterday, um, I had an encounter with someone. I'm not gonna say where. It's someone that let's just say I speak to on a you know weekly basis. We come in contact. And you know, he's getting out of a really fucked up situation with a girl, right? I don't know if there's any foul play, but I'm not even going to give the details. I'm going to say she said something to him that basically made him realize, you know what? I'm good. I don't need this, right? And look, I've been, you know, like when, when two dudes talk, when two guys that have girlfriends talk and they talk in casual manner, they talk... Like, you know, guys, we make the jokes. We make the, oh, you know, the wifey, you know. It's like, ah, geez, like, you know. You make the, like, we all have annoyances of our, I don't want to say annoyances because it sounds like you're always annoyed at your part. But we all have things where it's like, all right. But you realize a lot of it is just your own personal issues and you need to be a little bit more understanding. But then there are sometimes you're just like, you know what? I just need you to pipe down. Um... <laughs> Before I do. Um, <laughs> but any jizz. Um, but um, sometimes, you know, men have really honest, passive conversations about like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to go home and just listen to them complain all day. You know, this is, how, look, this is what we talk about. If you're uncomfortable with it, it's the truth, right? It doesn't mean we don't love our spouses, our girlfriends, or whatever. It just means men and women have different ways we communicate. We have different ways we want to do certain things. And sometimes we want more time to ourselves. Some people want to talk at certain times. And like it's a normal thing you got to figure out when you live with someone. But pushing past that, you know, we have those conversations, and I basically sense, like, this. he's basically kind of done. Like, man, like, you know, he's, but man, you know, I'm sitting here working all this, and she, I just come home and hear her complain and all this shit. You know, the usual. And apparently she says something the other night where all that stuff that he was trying to make her happy and trying to be mindful of, it just, like, you have that moment where it's like, oh, it was one of those comments that you would see like on Instagram as like when people talk about their crazy ex-girlfriend stories of shit they would say. Is the stuff you would say with the only intention is just to hurt the other person? And, you know, I'm fortunate. I've, I don't think I've ever had someone been with a girl where they just said something of that degree that just intentionally hurt me like that like the whole purpose was just i'm gonna make you feel less or make you feel like shit and it's like oh 
But it was one of those things that you would hear, like the stories like, man, you know, one time I had a girlfriend tell me that, you know what, if I didn't do X, Y, and Z, you know, she would slime me out on the internet, you know, those type of things, right? But I've never really had that, right? Like, you know, when you're, when you have issues in relationships, you know, when you're younger, there's passive aggressiveness on social media where it's post quotes of pre-quotes that they find sometimes they seek out the quotes based off keywords when you're fighting and then eight minutes later after you have a strong discussion in text all of a sudden you see on their facebook with you know the beach behind it and a sunrise or it's like then someone's just sitting there looking up and uh you know looking up and trying to contemplate life and it says something along the lines of you know, for those, if someone really appreciated you, you would never have to ask. Nor would they ever have to tell. And that's why you always feel you're in this hell. And then it would be like trademark equotes.com. Um, <laughs> oh, Facebook. God, I love it. Um, <laughs> I think Facebook caused more passive aggressive. Relationship problems in any app in the history of mankind. Um, and it would be like eight quotes, right? It would always be like back to back to back within one hour. Like all the time. But that's just young love. But, you know. Nowadays, man. It's just a lot more abrupt. It's become this thing where it feels, you know. ah. Uh, I feel like I'm a married... Ah, you son of a... Don't make... Stop it! Stop it! Sorry if I yell into the mic. I'm really sorry. This fucking cat was about to spill water on my cord. See, you know what? See, this is a mic... See, you know what? This cat is a microcosm of a woman you live with. You're just minding your business. You're finally having time to yourself. And they want to sit there and just... Tap you. Hey. Tap you. Hey. You're like, what? Jesus, what? I'm in the middle of working on something. And they're like, um, if you could, could you just, you know, next time put your towel on the rack? It's like, you know, you could, it, it couldn't wait. It just couldn't fucking wait. I know it sounds, I'm not actually talking about me. I'm giving an extreme example. I don't have these problems because I always put my towel back on the rack. Winky winky. <laughs> oh, but put a wet towel on the tip. Next thing you know, they're uh, sitting there complaining about they have to take a week off of work because you smacked their hip. Um, replacement girl. I was raised from the bottom of the map with girls all thick in the hottest brothers rap. <laughs> Uh, Louie, but, um, <laughs> I have nothing Louie, except CK, because <laughs> I love, uh, Cheese King, I don't know where I was going with that, but anyways, but yeah, um, but no, you know, you get in these, uh, situations, and we all, and it takes those situations with people. And I was, you know, trying to help, you know, just make them realize, like, look, man, 
that situation you're in and that you finally got out of, like, you're going to see that years from now and be like, man, like, that shit is just unnecessary to deal with. But when you kind of either don't have much experience or you try to be a people pleaser and stuff, like, you kind of just see, you just kind of, like, go with it because it's harder to deal with the repercussions of that than just stay in something like that. But I don't know, man. Like, life's this learning process, you know. Even when stuff seems obvious, it could be hard for people to just be like, I, you know, you you can know better and you still just like, you know what, I'm just gonna, you know, this is just admiration. This is just what happens in life, you know, stuff happens. People make, there's a fine line between people making mistakes and there's a fine line between someone at that point where they do not give a fuck about what they say or do and do not care how you feel about it. And that's more along with this situation. And I was like, man, you know what? Fuck them. Fuck them bitches. Um, <laughs> as they say, save your bread so milk can be dipped by Santa Claus because you should make banana bread because he's on a keto diet but yeah so she got a plumper um <laughs> uh yeah so if you ever uh have you ever guys I don't know why I'm saying have you ever guys like you I like I'm in a live chat have you ever felt that it's time really flying by or are we just passing time by fake deep quote yeah that's what I heard the other day one of those dumbass people that like makes you want to make himself think that they're thinking. It's like you're not thinking nothing. You're just saying, does time go past us or do we pass time? It's like it doesn't really matter because time will always outlast you. So if time outlasts you, why worry about it? The inevitable is going to happen. But no, everyone lives for eternity, right? Uh, but yeah. So, what's more important, you know, honestly? You know, is it more important to love what you do and deal with whatever comes with that? Or is it more important to be able to support yourself? Even if it's at the expense of loving what you do. Because some people really just love to feel financially okay. At a certain point in their life. Like I get it. Like it is hard to just be financially okay with being financially up and down. Or mostly down. Or non-existent for an extended period of time. Like, that shit can suck. Especially if you're someone that feels like you're 
you have a decent paying job or someone that's worked hard and put in the time, but it just feels like one expense after the other, it's hard to drain yourself, whatever. The crazy part is like, I as I'm kind of thinking to myself, I kind of view like how prices are set. I haven't really done the research on a lot of these things, but like prices are designed, I feel like across the board from food, from restaurants, res- uh from rent, from mortgage, everything is really designed by what the average median income is. So no one can actually get too above making it out because they they always got to find ways to keep people to keep working. So economy keeps going. So there's not a shortage of people working because if you have a shortage of people working, you have less production at a high rate. But the, and then people are constantly working. And that's why I like when that's why I like when restaurant prices are going up, people's wages are going up, but people still have to work as much as a couple years ago, even they're making thirty percent more than they were making before because now to get a combo at Burger King, for example, or McDonald's, it's close to eleven and twelve dollars compared to like seven dollars, you know, a few years ago. And that's the thing, it's like everything just adjusts to what you make. Like, to me, if any time a job increases their pay voluntarily, all it means it's a sign that the rest of the economy, everything else is about to go up. None of these things are by accident. Like, there's no one just really out here getting just extra money and actually, like, benefits our life except if it's exponentially more money right like if you're just getting like a 30 percent increase moving up in your job or finding another job that pays like i don't know like ten thousand more a year all it means is like because they also have studied people's spending habits where when people are used to struggling and making x amount but when they just get a little bit more they just want to feel like that they took that extra money and they're actually doing something more with it. Because you don't want to be living the same way from 20 to 40. Even if it would actually be beneficial for your long-term life. Because it's like, you know, what's the point? It's hard to rationalize doing all this work and all this shit to yourself if you're not actually feeling it in real time. And life's not about, you know. And actually, I was listening to a episode, like, on the way home. And... It was an interesting conversation where it's like, you know, it's, it's a weird thing because do we work to live or are we living to work? And the one guy gave an example before he got successful doing his comedy thing where it's like, you know, man, I used to just literally just to make enough money to just drive home, have some food and literally drive out to work. Like on my off days, I couldn't even go do anything. And I hear these stories, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not that well off right now in my situation, but on my off days, I can go, you know, I can go get a coffee. I could go, like, you know, I could, you know, go do something of a me median magnitude if I wanted to. And, like, when I hear these stories, I wonder if people are over-exaggerating. Like, this is what I was talking about earlier. We're like, do people over-exaggerate how poor they were to make it seem like they're come up? had a lot more 
resistance in it. Because what if someone just like, you know, I mean, I didn't even have like a, because there's two, there's like, you know what, actually, and they make it sound like it's admirable what they did. It's like, you know, I left my $200,000 tech job to pursue comedy because I just knew I loved it and I knew being in that field would make me miserable. So I left $200,000 job and then I was down, went broke two years later and I was struggling comedian. I'm like, man, did I make the right decision? And then right when I was about to go back and just get a regular day job, boom, I got my first, I got my first big gig on a night, on a late night host. I started touring. I got, you know, things started to pick up. I had this clip go viral, blah, blah, blah. And I wonder if people, if a lot of these things are over-exaggerated. And I'm not saying it's all not true. I'm just saying like it feels like telling the story of something being harder or you decide to take it in a harder road when you could have had an easier, more stable life, but you wanted some, you want to go for it. And the war paid off and you would do it all over again, you know? And, you know, I think about like, is it, you know, for what you give up to work to just have a little extra than just the minimum for yourself? Is it worth taking away from other things that you enjoy, your passions? Or are you actually just kind of being immature? And is it like what everyone says, at some point you got to grow up type of shit? It's like, whatever the fuck that means. Um, You know, one day you just got to grow up. You know, you got to stop living this fantasy world. It's like, well, because this whole world is a fantasy. Once you're going to give it up to me. Um, <laughs> I want to, I just want to lick this roll from your head to your toes. So it goes down to the floor. <sighs> I don't want to leave unless... You make this podcast successful like my fantasy. Oh, but you know, there's a, that's the thing. It's like, you want to just be, you do the minimum to just have enough to go home. Like, I couldn't imagine living like that personally. Even like, I would rather work a little more, make time and just have every minute of my day be something, doing something and still having I couldn't deal with that financial stress of not having anything at all to just go get something to eat or go grocery shopping if I need to. Like, here's a st- like it's hard for me to fathom when someone's like, like someone that has like the same job as you has like probably half the financial responsibilities you. And it was like, yeah, I have like literally like thirty two dollars in my bank account right now, and I'm like. <laughs> I don't want to say what is wrong with you. I understand it's a tough world out here. But I'm like, what is wrong with you? Um, It's like, you work as much as me. We make the same. And I pay, and I have way too much expenses for what I make. How do you only have $32 in your bank account? But money management is a hell of a thing. You know, I hear these stories and I wonder if it's like, are you really that bad with money or... Or you just really not making that much. And it's probably a combination of both, right? But that's the thing. I feel like everyone feel I feel like there's this thing where like 
people feel like there's got to be these this eternal struggle, which a lot of people put in themselves. It's like there's ways you gotta distribute, manufacture when you want something else in life, and then you have something like you gotta. There's a give and take. You gotta be realistic with yourself. You gotta be able to adjust to your real situation to create a better situation. And so you actually never are in that same situation again, or at least you don't get to that low level of a situation, it feels like. So I don't know, I just feel like we we live in this, it's just natural to like, we either brag about struggle, like there's this thing where like people like to brag about how much they didn't have growing up. It's like, that's great and you made it. But it's the same where it's like everyone's always got to feel like, oh, my struggle was worse than you. It's like at some point, like that was nine years ago. Like when you do the math, three, three, sixty, seven, like you're looking at like close to 2000 days ago. Why are you still struggling? Two thousand, like twenty six hundred days ago, it's like. Why were you struggling for that many days? (laughs) After like 10 days of struggle, you're not like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should try to do something about this, right? Maybe I should try to make more money or lessen my expenses. Like all this shit's kind of weird to me. It's like, but it's like, if you just, you can always rationalize how crazy your struggle is. As long as you say, well, I'm broke because I'm trying to be, you know, you say the crazy creative feel. As I mentioned earlier, what you're talking about. Oh, if I pursue this, I always get this leeway. I always have this superiority, even though I don't really have the rewards to warrant my ego of superiority. Oh, that's because I'm pursuing something that other people just aren't willing. I'm trying to be an actor. I'm trying to be a writer and stuff. And it's like, that's cool that you want to do that. But you still need to be able to, you know... Put gas in your car on a regular basis. I understand people have tough months. Shit comes up. Trust me. I get it. But if you have a consistent job. Like there comes a point where it's like. You just are relying on being a struggle person. You are a struggle person. And you love to feel like you're a struggle person. Like, the struggle is real out here, but the struggle doesn't have to be nine years struggle. And then when you do make it, be like, see, that's because you guys were It's like, no, I didn't. You know what? I I could have done and put in the time you did and still been able to make enough of income to not just feel entitled that things will work out for me. Like, you got to still take care of yourself. I mean, Jesus. I don't know, you know. That's a really, people talk, you know, the thing is like, now think about it. Am I really a narcissist or ego? As I make a podcast talking about myself about narcissist and ego. Like, are you really a narcissist and ego when you have confidence and you truly pursue something, you know, you put the time in, but you also actually do still take care of things that you need to outside of it. A real narcissist ego is someone that puts out the same amount of episodes I do. Someone that does a similar capacity, someone that spends the time doing these things and feels like just because they have that desire, just because they have this 
free will and desire that they are like they're entitled to some like to just the pursuit they feel entitled to their pursuit a lot of people really like honestly you really listen to people how they talk about what they want to do with their life and then you know they have the job they're working at like oh i'm not doing this forever it's like you know just i didn't think you you were like no no one even like asks like oh what's your job it's like oh they'll say oh you know i work at you know this uh Oh, I work at, you know, this restaurant or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah, but no, I'm not, you know, trust me. I don't, psh, I'm not going to work there for like the next 12 years of my life. Don't think, I was like, even if you did, I didn't really ask the follow-up. But they felt the need to be like, I'm too good for this. It's like, you're obviously not too good for it if you need the job. You're not too good for something until you're actually too good for it you are not drake and rihanna you are not i'm too good for you the job does not take your love for granted you just don't understand it the job is doing more for you than you're doing for it let's just be honest about it um and most of these cases there is this weird entitlement with people in jobs right i'm not a hr i'm not a job defender of jobs that underpay and overwork people i'm not a defender of that i i don't know i guess i'm just you know you get around enough people you interact with enough people and you kind of get annoyed like you really think like you're irreplaceable like you really think that they like one day won't fire you even if they don't fire you today for doing this shit like and then they get fired like what that's not fair you know it's like well fuck this shit this job's it's like they're like we really don't like you're you're not even a blip on their dick like you're just you just wash away you know it's like they literally are bringing in 50 new people a day to replace you because you've been there long enough and you've gotten a few pay raises that are undeserved just by tenure like let's just call what it is but that's how a lot of these things go. And I just, you know, the kind of, in that topic, I guess, you know, the common theme, uh, you know, in today's episode is a lot of people just feel like their ego is really warranted and they feel like they're too good for things that they're in need of. Like, you, if you can't afford something, then you're not too good For the thing you can't afford. The thing's too good for you. The value speaks for itself. I just think people need a reality check. People need to have some awareness about stuff. But you know what? I don't know. I guess that is just my thoughts. So yeah. I think I'm going to end it there. You know, I feel like I've reached the capacity limit of what I got for today. So yeah. That was episode 221 of the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I am your host, Clint Nelson. Still redundant. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Follow the podcast on all apps. Leave a five-star review on Spotify. Do it would do me wonders. Go to click the link. Uh click the link in the description. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
often beat with Clint Nelson. So yeah. Um, but most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And yeah, it's time for me to finally get some fucking sleep today. Jesus Christ. My off days feel more taxing without the pay than actually on days where I'm being taxed <laughs> and being paid. So yeah, take that in your cranium. Insane in the crane that I'm going to lift you from the ground in a skyscraper because I need a window washer. You're mad at me. I see the street climbs. Even when you poop on her leg, that's how you know you need to wipe twice. Yeah. Ooh, look. Ooh, ooh, daddy. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great one.